Welcome back to the Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast. This is David. I'm hoping everybody's having a uh, a good Labor Day weekend. As usual, we got my uh, partner in crime, Chris, on the phone. Chris, are you taking it easy this Labor Day weekend, or are you laboring? I'm taking it easy. Football started, so uh, of course I'm taking it easy. I know. I told my wife the country can get back to worrying about the things that are important, like hating people because of what school they cheer, cheer for. Exactly. So yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I mean, I'm sitting here as we're talking. I mean, I've got I've got the TV on mute, flipping between games. So yeah, it's 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 always cool when football's done. Well, Chris, last week we were in Nashville and we attended the uh, Nashville Rock and Pod Expo that uh, Chris Sinzak from Decibel Geek uh, put on, and I got to say, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun seeing. Um, um, all the different podcasts and talking to the different podcasters. We got some tips on some things, but uh, all in all, a good time, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And I mean, I commend those guys from uh, Decibel, Decibel Geek. Um, if you guys are by any chance listening, great job. You know, thanks for putting it on. Yeah, it, it was really cool because um, we've only been doing this about six months, but I've been trying to cultivate relationships with other podcasts. To, get some information from them, you know, some of the, how the ins and outs of everything work and, uh, have actually, uh, made, made some friendships with some of these people, but it's kind of weird because you've never met them, but I listen to them and I email them and text them. And, um, uh, one of which was Sonny Pooney, who's been on this show before. Now, Sonny, I swear to you did like 10 podcasts while we were there. Uh, so it seems like he had a headset on every time I looked at him. He had him. a headset on every time we looked at him. Uh, <laughs> he actually has a podcast with Stephen Michael, who we met. I'll get to him in a second, called Growing Up Rock. That's actually a, a, a very um, unique perspective. Basically, they tell, they relate rock music to memories in their life. For instance, uh, Sonny graduated high school, I think he said in like 1986. So they spent an entire uh, podcast talking about music that came out in 86 that he liked and they, oh, sweet. I must have checked that out. Yeah, it's really good. And they actually have um, listener submitted stories. And I submitted a story the other day. And Stephen said my story is going to be on the podcast one day. So, uh, And his partner in that, Stephen Michael, super nice guy from uh, Atlanta. So their podcast is, is really good. Uh, I do want to thank Emily Striegel and Mark Striegel from Talking Metal. They both took some time out of their schedule to talk to me uh, about how we could grow our podcast. So they have a podcast called Talking Metal uh, find them. They're really good. Uh, we met, uh, Steve and BC from, um, uh, the Potter, Potter than hell podcast. Now they're, uh, they've only done eight or nine episodes. So they're even younger in this than we are, but super nice guys. Chris, I know you and, uh, you and Steve wind up, uh, at the concession stand sitting there and talking for a while. They're, those guys were really, really nice. Good guys, man. Um, hope, hope, uh, hope they continue doing it. And I'm, I'm definitely planning on checking out their podcast, and I know we talked about doing something together with them. So, guys, get in touch with us. We're ready to roll. So, let us know anytime. Yeah, we'll I've actually it. been uh, texting uh, Steve and I back and forth um, all week, and uh, we're definitely doing something with them in the future. Uh, I'll tell you off the air, Chris, what I think it's going to be, and uh, okay. then they're going to do something. Um, uh, we're going to have them on our podcast, and cool. uh, let's see. Uh, the Talk To Me podcast, uh, met Joshua uh, there. Oh, I'm trying. I know I'm, uh, of course, met Aaron Camaro, who does Decibel Geek, and met Chris Sinzak, who uh, Chris could not be a nicer person. And, and he's actually been sick all week. Uh, once the podcast is over with, he got sick, which is uh, um, 
commonplace, I think, when you've been under that much stress. My wife is an attorney, and she uh, took the bar in um, three different states, and she got the shingles when she got through taking the three bar exams. So uh, kind of the same thing, you wear, your, wear your immune system down, and um, you get sick. Oh, also, we uh, talked to the guys from the Great Albums podcast, and they were super nice. They have a great podcast where they basically take an album and spend an hour and a half or two hours going over that album. And they're not genre-specific. Um, they've done everything from, um, I think, like Metallica to Prince to rap albums, uh, everything in between. Super nice guys from New Jersey. If I uh, left somebody off, uh, oh, we met uh, Greg Renoff from, um, wrote a book called Van Halen Rising, which if you're a Van Halen fan, uh, this book is getting a ton of publicity, and it's good publicity. So uh, go to vanhalenrising.com and... Um, uh, to his website and get the book and uh we made some um some inroads um we think we've got four or five guests people that you've heard of uh lined up for the future so i don't not going to say who they are because i don't want to spoil it but one is for sure lined up and we have three or four other uh other ones lined up and chris uh you were telling me um beforehand we both got i, I got a copy of uh uh, Bill, I think I think you say his last name Lambusta or Lambusta. I'm not sure from the Great Albums podcast. He has a band called Small Planet Radio, and uh, he gave me a copy of uh, the CD, which is really good. But uh, I know you wanted to go a little more in depth into about it. Yeah, well, you went ahead and you know we were, you know, having the computers in the room and on. We, sorry guys, we we did rip the the, the album, but um. I want to say to people, it's worth buying, not ripping. But the, the band is called Small Planet Radio. Album's called Anywhere at All. And, you know, this is not... Uh, look, I didn't meet these guys there, and now I'm really regretting it. Because, man, this this album is... And I'm not saying this to be nice to fellow podcasters. I'm saying it because I genuinely love this record. I'm not saying I think it's good. I'm not saying it's you know it's decent a decent rock record. No, it's it's a really damn good record. Um, I mean it is. It's 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 just so it's it's so cool. Um, you know I, I know that you told me kind of the way this started is you, you mentioned. I don't even know how you said. I know you said you were talking about Gaslight and we were talking uh, about Brian Fallon. Springsteen. Yeah, yeah, and you know that, and I know that kind of came up, and so they're like, hey, we'll check this out, and I definitely do hear those those elements in there. You know, um, one thing that that hit me in particular as I'm listening to there's a song on there. It's track number four, "Burn," and that one really reminded me of Gaslight. It actually, reminded me of one song in particular. There's this breakdown in the song where um, it says, "I think about that house in Brooklyn every night." That line just reminds me so much of my favorite Gaslight song, "Blue Jeans and White T-Shirts," where it's that "Cause Night I'll Call You from a Fourth Street Payphone." It's it got it's kind of got that same feel. Awesome, awesome song. Um, Parkway, another killer tune, and yeah, Navy Blues and North Shores. Check out these songs. Anybody listening to this, I, I know it's on iTunes because I have I have Apple Music. You know, I'm not sure about Spotify. I imagine it probably is. It is. But check check these guys out, man. I mean this this is some this is some music I'm sure you haven't heard of that. You know, I, I often have talked about before. There's you know. Now I would never do it, but I used to always think I'd, I wanted to own a record label. And I'll tell you right now, if I owned a record label, I mean these guys would be a t- these these guys would be a target. 
Yeah, it's good. I listened to it uh, about three or four songs this afternoon when I was driving home from um, running some errands, and it is. It's really good. It's and it's it's actually growing on me. It's the second or third time I've listened to it. So yeah, the band is called Small Planet Radio. Go buy it. Don't stream it. Buy it. We're big advocates of buying music around here. Well, Chris, yeah, and, and by the way, good 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 podcast too by those guys talking about the great albums. Um, very good podcast. You know, hey, reach out to us sometime, man. I'd love to. Do, I'd love to talk talk an album with you guys. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> um, well, Chris, we're going to talk about live albums this week, and live albums uh, something I really enjoy. I had a hard time uh, narrowing my list down to a, a number which we could get through in a decent amount of time. Um, I'll tell you one of the things that I, I love live music, and um, I love live albums because uh, I like sometimes I like hearing a little imperfections, uh, maybe. Uh, you know, uh, there's a different drum feel than you have on the album. Uh, maybe the guitar player holds a note a little bit longer, or, you know, they play with a little bit different effect um, on the guitar, things of that nature. Sounds really good. I, I just love um, live albums. So I think this is going to be a fun one. Um, Chris, you do not know my picks, but I know yours because I put together our Spotify playlist. And if anybody is going to cover... <laughs> the as many genres as we're going to cover on this and another podcast folks tell me what it is because i'd like to shake their hand yeah yeah you know and, and um and I, I told you when you sent me send me a text saying how crazy diverse it is like man that's a good thing yeah. you know i i um i mean look if, if your thing is just straight up metal god bless you but i'm just so diverse and i love just i love diving into every kind of music imaginable and so I love the fact that it's diverse. And, you know, talking about just live albums, I'm, you know, I, I like live, like you, I, I love going to see live shows. And I actually brought this idea up doing this, but as I, when I did it, I thought, man, I don't know if, if I even own that many. I don't even know if I have enough to really put together something. And I started thinking about all of them, and I'm like, wait, I got a lot more than I thought. And I love a lot more live albums than I thought. And the cool thing about it is, yes, it's the imperfections, it's... um something about hearing the crowd noise at certain points it's extended versions and essentially they're they're a greatest hits record for bands that don't have greatest hits yeah that's a good way of putting it and i'll tell everybody uh at least with mine um that i selected uh, i wouldn't would not allow myself to choose bootlegs i have a ton of bootleg concerts so all of these are officially uh official releases um, that's a good point because i i've got a couple that I'm going to admit, like, I know for sure I'm looking at this. There's, I really, there's, I think there's maybe two, two or three where I think, well, I think there's two that I'm going to give an actual official release, but I'm going to tell you if you can find the bootleg, it's better. Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, Chris, I'm going to, you started off first last time. I'm going to kick things off uh, this time. So right. uh, my first album was released, I think, in 1991, and it is simply titled Live, and it's by ACDC. Uh, it was recorded on the Razor's Edge tour. Uh, a lot of it was, I think most of it was actually recorded in Europe. Uh, a lot of it, I think, at uh, Castle Donington, which is now the Download Festival. Um, I like ACDC, I'm not, but I'm not one of the, I don't claim to be one of their bigger fans. But funny story, I bought this album either the day it came out or within the first week or two and uh went and picked it up and was driving back to my house 
And back in, in my younger days, I suffered from migraines and I would get these really severe migraines where I would throw up and my vision would be disturbed. And anyway, it wasn't a lot of fun. I picked the album up. I think I'm on the second or third song, maybe Back in Black or Who Made Who. And I start feeling this migraine coming on. My vision's getting messed up. And I still have another 10 or 15 miles to drive home. And by the time I got home, I was so sick to my stomach and my head hurt so much that for the next year or two, I know this sounds silly, if I put that album in, I felt sick, like I was going to get another migraine. And, And so I bought this album, listened to it for like, the three songs and then it was a year or two before i would listen to it again but it's a really good album it sounds great um you know they're a very tight especially a very tight band then i, I actually like uh chris slade's drumming better than i do phil rudd and chris Slade was playing for phil rudd then but it's a it's a huge album they have a uh two disc uh limited edition that has a lot more songs on it but very very good production um, and it was recorded well. Sometimes it makes you wonder how live it actually is, but I, I think uh, for the most part it is. Anyway, um, the song I put on the Spotify playlist from that is Who Made Who because they don't play that a lot. And so that good was a, song. Yeah, good song. So that was a nice uh, recorded version of Who Made Who. So anyway, uh, ACDC Live, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and I think, I just want to say too, I think a lot more so than any of the other podcasts we've done, I think that's going to be the one, more than any, that we don't, not only do we not have the same albums on our list, we don't own the same albums. Um, you got to kind of, kind of be, in a lot of cases, a hardcore fan about the live album, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, an ACDC, I actually don't own that. I, I, I've heard it, and I, I do really like ACDC. I do fall more into the Bon, you know, bon Scott Well, it's about, category. about half of the track listing are Bon Scott songs. Yeah, but I'm talking, you know, I like Bon Scott. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brian Johnson's great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't know if there's been a better replacement vocalist. Yeah, but anyway. So my first pick, I'm starting off with my favorite one. This is my favorite live album, and it happens to be from my favorite live band. Sure, some of that's probably because they are my favorite band, but I also think it's just a great, great live album, and that Social Distortion, Live at the Roxy. Uh, this is um, yeah. It's got 17 tracks on it, which is about what you're going to hear any kind of anytime you go to see them. It's yeah. It's got it's it's a it's a career spanning set list, which again, usually they're going to do that. They're going to play a couple from the very early days. Yeah, this one has um, Mass Hysteria, The Creeps, Another State of Mind. So it's got telling them. It's got some of the really old stuff, but the real highlights on this are going to be Prison Bound is great i like the little story he tells going into it and then the last two on it which are ball and chain and ring the fire ring of fire is just incredible on this i mean i think it's probably about eight minutes long or so and it's not a second too long i mean it just rocks i uh i love this record if you don't if you like social distortion you're not a huge fan this is one of those cases where i'd say to somebody I would probably recommend this over the, that over their greatest hits album. Put it that way. So I think this would be a very good introduction to Social D. Yeah, it's really good. the The version of Ring of Fire we put on the Spotify playlist, and uh, I actually have that song on iTunes. And you're right, it's a uh, it's rocking. Oh, Johnny Cash would have been proud. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so my next album is going to be an album called Okonokos, or Okonokos, uh, by My Morning Jacket. It was recorded during the um, tour for the album Z, and uh, it is a double album, and I think this is when the band was at their creative and performing peak, and so it's a nice uh, document of that tour. Uh, it has a good mix of old songs and new songs. And uh, our former podcast guest, uh, Gage Patterson, I know is going to be listening, and he's giving me two thumbs up right now when, when I said this. So uh, My Morning Jacket, Okonokos, uh, really good album, I think, uh, when they were at the height of their powers. Cool. My next is going to be a hometown band, Lucero. And I bought this just because, hey, Lucero's putting out a new record. I didn't think it, I didn't know I'd like it as much as I did. It's uh, it's called Live from Atlanta. And I know this was uh, this was pieced together. It's not one show, which let's be honest, most live albums you buy are not one show. But this was pieced together from, they did, at, I believe it was the venue's Terminal West. They did three sold out, three sold out shows in a row. And they put them together and double album. And it's just, it's just awesome. I mean, Lucero is to me, not, I don't just like them because they're a Memphis band. I like them because they're a great band and they're one of the better live acts to see. Uh, look, no matter where you are in this country, you have a good shot at seeing them because they play so many shows during the year. I mean, they're always on the road. Check these guys out. Support live music. If you've never seen Lucero, you will walk away a fan. I mean, promise you, you will walk away a fan. Yeah, I saw them for a few songs anyway uh, in Memphis this year with uh, with Chris. And I am i don't pretend to be a huge Lucero fan, but uh, I was impressed with the energy and the musicianship that they brought to the concert. And they have a uh, very diehard following. So uh, give them a listen. I don't, I, if, you like, uh, if you like that kind of music, um, you're going to love Lucero for sure. Um, all right, the next one is the one that Chris and I both have on our list. And that is Kicking Television by the band Wilco. Now, this album, the one of the reasons I think it is so good, I was not initially a, f- a fan of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot or Ghost is Born when they came out. And uh, it, they were just too much of a departure from the Wilco that, that I knew and loved from their first three albums. But this album is so good that... I do not actually enjoy the songs on there that are from uh, those two albums so much so that I don't listen to the versions on A Ghost Is Born or Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I only listen to the versions that are on um, Kicking Television. And it is a double album. It was recorded in their hometown of Chicago. And um, the songs that, that, I, that I'm talking about that I, I won't listen to, really, the album version is uh, I'm Trying to Break Your Heart, Handshake Drugs, Wishful Thinking, the late greats, they just all sound really good live. And uh, I believe this is when Pat Sansone had joined the band, and he added another layer of uh, to that wall of sound, I guess, whatever you, if you want to call it that. But I put the song Misunderstood as my pick from uh, this album for the podcast uh, playlist. It's the opening song on it, and it's just a very strong performance of an amazing song, maybe one of my favorites that they uh, – in their catalog but um chris it was one that you and i both shared so i'm sure you have a lot to say about it well i picked as far as my cut i picked via chicago which is my favorite song by them by far and you know if you go see 
Wilco Live. They it's it's a little bit different version. If you if you see via Chicago, it's always going to be a little, it's a little bit different than what you're going to hear on the album. But it's a cool version, and that's what makes well that's what makes this live album good. Is you can get something a little bit different. I do agree with you about those some of those songs sounding better live, particularly A Ghost Is Born, Late Greats. I love the Late Greats that's on here. I also like I like Spiders a lot on yeah, this it, one. Yeah, that is good. But uh, and then of course what I really like on here, which is actually a uh, you know Wilco Billy Bragg song, Airline to Heaven. That's really really cool on this record. But uh, but no, this is this is a very very good live album and. I feel like with um, with Wilco, they kind of after these albums, after Ghost Is Born, is when they kind of and look, there, there's still some there's still some good songs in their catalog post this this era, but I believe it kind of went south after this. Yeah, you could say that. Um, well, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be nice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll just won't go any further on that. Um, with that, so we don't want to offend anyone, but go get this album and you're not going to be disappointed. It is solid from beginning to end. Well, next up I'm going to go with what's up. Well, I think a lot of times considered one of the really great live albums, you know, a lot of people would list this and this is a band. That's one of my favorite bands, especially one of my favorite classic rock bands. And that's thin Lizzy. The album's called live and dangerous. And this thing is just great. And, and and as much as I love this, it's not even the, the track listing I'd want to hear. But it's still, it's so cool. Um, you know, the, they open with Jailbreak, which is just such an iconic song. And then the second song, they go right into Emerald, which is the one I told David to put on the list. It's, uh, man, if you want to hear a, a clinic in dual soloing, listen to Emerald. That song is just incredible. And the ballad, Still in Love with You, man, Phil and I, you actually, you want to cry for the guy. I mean, the guy sounds like he's in so much pain in that song. What a love song. What a ballad. And I think that's one that, man, if you're going to listen to Still in Love with You, you got to hear it off this live album. Avoid the studio. Listen to this version. Um no, it, 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 there's a bunch of cool tracks on it. Your cowboy song, Suicide. It's just a great, great, great live album. Ironically enough, I picked up this album at the Podcast Expo uh, because I have seen it's. It's always listed as you know one of the greatest live rock albums. And Chris has really been trying hard to get me into Thin Lizzy the last couple years. So yeah, I want to do a podcast on him someday. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we will. But yeah, I bought the album last week and listened to it. Listened, I think I listened to it all the way through uh, on my six-hour drive back from uh, Nashville. Uh, I would have to say uh, "Cowboy Song" on is was my favorite so far. But it's a really good uh, live album, and they have a very unique sound. They, I, I don't know, uh, they they're maybe the first that really brought the uh, dual guitar solo and, uh, to the forefront. But it, it's, I think they are. Yeah, it's it's a it's mentioned in almost every best of live album list and uh that's one of those things where you know everybody can't be wrong and uh i i I really like it so far and if you if you listen to this album and and it does anything for you or if you just listen to the track we're going to put on the the playlist you listen to to emerald it does anything for you this is one where i'm going to say sure you can start with the live album but man get their studio records uh again 
really hope to do a podcast on this someday. But if you want a good introduction outside of live album, Ghost Bad Reputation, uh, that's probably my favorite. You know, um, Black how, Rose, how many Fighting. Did, how many did they do before Phil died? Oh, God, I think they did. I can't even think of the number right off my head. I'm wanting to go with 10 or 11, something like that. I mean, they did a lot of albums. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they put out... They, there's a lot of material on these guys, thank God. Another classic example of what might have been. Yeah, um, yeah. And, it, and it, they're, they're a band that it took them a while to finally get the, the due credit that they that they deserve. But um, legendary band, legendary band. I mean... Yeah, Phil is such a such a good songwriter, great lyricist, um, just a cool front man. And the guitars, no matter who was in there, I mean, Gordon was, he wasn't there on the first, I think, three records. But Gordon was like the one consistent guitar player. But no matter who was in there on the other guitar, the guy ripped. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about it. The guy absolutely ripped. There's just, uh, I mean, John Sykes from White Snake was in there before anybody really knew much about him yeah they have a impressive um lineage of people that played guitar in that band yeah for sure well segueing into another one of the classic cases of what might have been is what i believe is the last public performance by lane staley and that's alice in chains unplugged and uh if you watch this album me watch the video to this uh lane staley's in bad shape uh very very thin um and uh, it's just sad what how that turned out. But the album is really good. One of the interesting things about it, they, I believe the first song is Nutshell. And I think that's the one that I put on the playlist. But they basically start it by each member coming out and playing. Uh, I think maybe Kentrell comes out first and starts playing the guitar to it. And then Mike Inez comes out and starts laying down the bass. And then uh, Sean Kenny comes in with the drums. And then uh, Lane sits down and sings. But uh, it has all the hits on it, and uh, the version of Nutshell is just very, uh, it's very strong, very uh, very emotional. Uh, some of the other good songs on it are Over Now, um, Down in a Hole, it's really good. But it was after the, uh, the, the Tripod album came out, and uh, if I'm wrong, somebody will correct me, but I believe it was the last public performance for Lane Staley, uh, which is sad. Sad. Yeah, and, and you know, I didn't even think this one for whatever reason wasn't. I didn't really think about this one, and and I should because you're right. It is a really good album, and and you'll see as we go along on this. I'm going to mention a couple of acoustic records. I think acoustic records are some of the best live albums you can do, especially for you know a band that turns it up to ten like Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, you know, um, and of course they do Angry Chair and Wood on here, which are both. I mean, those are my two favorite songs by Alice in Chains. And the thing kind of stands out for me on that performance is I remember um, I remember that Metallica was just, maybe they just put out Load or they were coming out with Load. And it was either Inez or Cantrell. It was yeah, Inez's, I don't know if you remember this. Inez's bass, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah he puts, what, did, what did it say on there? He wrote with a Sharpie, something like, something like friends, fr- friends get bad haircuts or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And I believe some of Metallica may have actually been in the audience. They and, were. Uh, yeah, they and, absolutely were. That's and, why they did it. And don't they break into like uh, Inner Sandman for about 10 seconds? Man, I don't even I, I really don't remember that. I, yeah. I, they may. But but I just, I just remember that. I thought that was hilarious because the Chains guys still had the long, long hair. You know, and here's Metallica is looking GQ. He took the words right out of my mouth. 
<laughs> so yeah, I always thought that was cool. Well, speaking of acoustic albums, I'm going to go with one that, and I'm actually really surprised you didn't put this on your list. I mean, really surprised, probably more than any album, because I feel like this is the live album that really started making acoustic cool. And that's Tesla five man acoustical jam. Mm. You know, they, um, people weren't really doing this, you know, I, I, I and I may be wrong. And if, if I am wrong on, on my timeline, by all means, anybody correct me, but I don't remember the MTV unplugs happening before this album. And not only, and it's one thing for somebody, you know, that's not kind of a hard rock metal band to do unplugged for, but for Tesla to come out that way, and this is the album that really broke them. If you think about it, mm-hmm. I mean, sure they had they had some they had some success with with uh, especially with um, man. Why am I why am I struggling with the second album? What's the name of it? Great radio controversy. Yes, they had some success with that, especially with Love Song, which is the song I picked put on there from this because I love all the, uh, the I love the instrumental intro that they do on this live album, um, which is ironically enough not exactly a hundred percent acoustic. Yeah, but it's still it's it's just a really. I mean, I'm I'm there. I think I was seventh grade maybe when I got this, and I kind of fallen. It it was kind of whereas I said that it's what really broke them. I wasn't aware of Tesla before this album. I mean, yeah, I know they had a little bit of success, but I really wasn't aware of them. And this came out, and I loved it. You know, of course the, the. the big hit signs and which was really the only hit they had from the album but it was it was a monster hit at that but it introduced people to to song people like me it introduced them to songs like love song getting better coming at you live which is really cool because you remember they they go into trucking after that so i just thought this was a very very cool live album i thought very very ahead of its time and the the covers on it are great they do a ccr's lodi the Beatles, we can work it out. Best, co- best one they do on there is Load Up. Best cover for sure. Uh, like you said, Grateful Dead's Trucking and Signs is a cover song. The It escapes me who was the f- original band that performed that, but I saw them this summer, and Signs is in that set list, and everybody knows it. And if you watch uh, college, ESPN College Game Day, there's a section during the uh, show where they show the, the signs that people bring, and, I, and they play Signs the uh, acoustic version from um, that album. Well, that's cool because they're, they're collecting money every time that's played, so good for them. Yeah, and the the accompanying um, home video for that is really good. I had that as well. We used to, Me and a couple of my buddies used to watch that all the time. Honestly, Chris, I just forgot about it. I mean, it's one of those one of those things like... You're Easy bound, to do. Yeah, you're bound to uh, forget about it, but the next one is one I can't forget about. Um, Pink Floyd Pulse. Um, the last real tour that the band ever went on in uh, the 90, man, 93, 94 is recorded at Royal Albert Hall in London. Uh, it's known for having a complete performance of Dark Side of the Moon on the second CD. The first CD is really good as well. I have bought this album probably two or three times. They've either lost it or, or worn it out. Um, I picked it in my cover art uh, episode. It's cool cover art with the flashing red light. But if if you don't listen to anything else that I tell you today, go listen to the version of Comfortably Numb. 
on this album and the guitar solo by David Gilmore. And if you can listen to that and it doesn't make the hair stand up on your arms, I then you need to go find your soul because you don't have it. Um, that's my favorite guitar solo of all time. That one uh, from Pulse. Uh, it's a little bit different than the one on the album. I think it's a little bit longer. But uh, in college, this one got played a whole lot. And uh, still listen to it every now and then. I, I, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, but I find my Pink Floyd listening comes in spurts. And uh, so if I'm not on a Pink Floyd kick, I don't really listen to them anymore. But when I do, Pink Floyd Pulse is on there. It's definitely mood music. I mean, it's it's you can't just listen to that. I mean, that's I mean, it's kind of hard to crank Pink Floyd on a you know 75 degree day windows you know windows down sun out. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, there's there's different there's different times to listen to them. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's a uh, it's one of my favorites though, and so I could not leave it off the list. Well, well, I'm going to really change things up uh, on here because, I mean, like we said, we've got some diversity. So let's bring up a a, a, com- a complete curveball. I'm going with Depeche Mode. The album is 101, double disc live album. This is, and I've I've always loved Depeche Mode. I mean, David knows that I'm. I mean, we're both very diverse listeners, but I really go into a lot of that kind of, you know, darker synth pop type stuff. You know, Joy Division, New Order, Depeche Mode, all that. I love all that stuff. And this album is, I think it it really, a lot of these albums, these live albums we're mentioning, yeah, they're great and all, but you may want to listen to the studio versions instead. With Depeche Mode's 101, I like these live versions better. It just there's something about it. Yeah, I think it. I think that almost more than any other bands, the live versions of these songs sound better on this record. And you know, I, I don't. I think this is actually mentioned as far as like great live albums. A lot of times people will mention this one, and and I hope it is because it should be. But again, double album, um, behind the wheel, great tune, blasphemous rumors, which I think is the one I told you, David, to put on there. You know, somebody's a great ballad. Shake the disease. It's uh, it just can't get enough. Everything counts at the end. Really, really, really cool double live album. And you know, probably. I mean, it was. I mean, obviously, people were doing live albums all the way back to, you know, many, many years ago. But I think it was a little bit different for a band like Depeche Mode to release one and a you know double live at, at that, and and it works. I believe it was L.A. Coliseum where they did this. What year um, was it? I don't know. That's a good question. It's, uh, you know, I'm looking at the back of the record. It says 89. That doesn't necessarily mean that's when it's recorded, but we can at least assume very late 80s. Wait, hold on. It's on the front here. It was recorded at the Pasadena Rose Bowl, June 18th, 1988. So there you go. I think I've seen some videos from that, actually. Um, I need to look that up on YouTube. I mean, I, here I am talking about what a fan I am of the album, and I've never tried to look up videos on it. I really need to look at that because that that and that's something you wouldn't think of the Pesh Mode play in the Pasadena Bowl. But I, th- I think people forget just how big these guys were, and this was before this was even before the the huge album Violator came out. You know, which put them on a you know they, it was kind of like an REM out of time album. It was one of those ones that just blew up massively. But they were huge before that was even released. 
they're still big. I mean, when they tour, they they sell out wherever they go. Well, and they are. It's a good point because they are playing in Nashville coming up soon. They're playing uh, Bridgestone, which is you know probably fifteen, at least a fifteen thousand seat arena. Yeah, and they, and they have a very uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a very devout uh, fan base um, that follows them around them and um, Erasure. I think Erasure has a huge uh, following as well. Another um, great band. You know, I never got into them as much, but but yeah, they're a good band. Uh, well, we're going to crank it up to 10 on my next one. Uh, Van Halen, right here, right now. Uh, this was an album that uh, came out after the uh, Unlawful Carnal Knowledge album. It was on that tour. And uh, when I got this album, I played it a lot. And uh, it sounds really, really good. Eddie Van Halen's one of my favorite guitar players to listen to live because he never... I don't think he ever completely plays the same song the same way twice. And uh, that's the case on this. Just some, you know, some feels and, and things like that that are different than what you hear on the album. Some um, different uh, lead playing. But uh, it does have a lot of the uh, Unlawful Carnal Knowledge songs on it. But uh, has a cover of The Who's We Won't Get Fooled Again, which is really good. Uh, probably my favorite on there is uh, Cabo Wabo. And they go into... Uh, I think it's You Really Got Me, uh, which, of course, you know, was a big hit for them with the Kinks. But anyway, it's a great document. Uh, the only live album that we have of the uh, Sammy Hagar tour, I mean, the Sammy Hagar era that I'm aware of. And they recently put out a live album, my gosh, with the uh, recorded in Tokyo with David Lee Roth. And uh, there's no questioning whether that's a live album or not because the vocals on it are horrendous. Um but Van Halen Live right here, right now, one of my favorite live albums. And it's got it's got uh, all the hits from the Sammy era, and it's got a few from the David Lee Roth era. But uh, a very good double album, in my opinion. Yeah, and I've heard that Roth album. I've, I've heard a little clips of it, and I know people just ripped that one apart, which, I mean, we, you and I saw them live. And I think when you're actually seeing them, you don't really notice it so much because it's just a good time. But I remember when they came on, was it Timmy Kimmel? Yeah. He was like, oh my God. I mean, this is just such a train wreck. But, um, but no, I mean, it, look, it's, and that was, that was a huge live album too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big one. That probably sold a ton of records. Probably one of the bigger sellers of live albums. Yeah. And you get to, if it's a double album, you get to count each record sale as two albums sold. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Never knew that. That's how, that's how some things get inflated. Uh, Fleetwood Max Tusk. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. Well, I'm going to go with, uh, for the next one, this is a band that a lot of people listening are probably not very familiar with, and I, I would encourage you to, to give them a chance. But it's a band, one of my favorites, a band called Hot Water Music. And this is a, uh, this is a punk band they're uh you know punk early days is almost like bordering on hardcore but they uh this has this band has one of the tightest rhythm sections you will ever ever hear both of these guys the the bassist and the drummer they're jazz trained players and the musicians just shipping this band is just insane again listen there's not many bands where you talk about that being the highlight of the musicianship is the rhythm section but in this band, it is, and it is, they're insane players. But what really gets me a fan is I'm such a fan of Chuck Reagan, which is one of the guys, the, the Chuck Reagan and uh, Chris Waller. They both, uh, both they, I guess Chuck probably does 
maybe about 60% of the lead vocals and then Chris does the rest. But, um, and they both play guitar, but they're just, it's just a great, great band. Anyway, the live record that I picked, and there was a couple of them I could go with. I, I could have gone at the hardback, which was a very, it was an early recording of theirs, but I went for one called Live in Chicago. It was released within the last year or two. And this one also is a double disc and it's a good introduction to this band. And it, and they, what I like about a band when they do a live one, if they're going to put out a live album, if they put out a lot of records, which hot water music has is if they make a real career retrospective and they did this, you know, they, they went from the very earliest of days to the most current stuff, even threw in stuff off their B side records. It's just a really, really good, like I said, a lot of times live albums are like greatest hits and, I think that's what they did here because, I mean, let's face it, you're probably not going to get a greatest hits record out of Hot Water Music. But this is a band that I wish more people were aware of. They do have a new album coming out this month, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it because the first couple of tracks I've heard are just awesome. It sounds like it's a return to form for them. It sounds like it's going back more to the early days, so cannot wait. But again, Hot Water Music, check these guys out. I mean, if you like, it's hard to really compare them to somebody. I would just say it's 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 a punk it's a punk band. You know, check them out, give them a chance. They are they are great. Chris, how many studio albums have they put out? Man, let me look. I I, I, I see them right now. Let's see, because just finding the rhythms was kind of like a B side. One, two. I think this may be their this may be their ninth one coming out. Oh wow, so a lot. Yeah, now, yeah, are that's they, what I'm saying. That, are their albums typical of kind of punk albums in that they, you know, it's 10 songs and maybe 27, 30 minutes long? No, they're longer than that. Okay. And and probably a lot of that comes from the fact, like I said, that they're such good players. Right. You know, and, and, I, and, and David, I, I'll, I'll give you, um, I'll, I'll have to give you some songs to actually try out because you, you will know exactly what I'm talking about when you hear this rhythm section. I mean, they are just, you know, there's not a lot of bands where the, ba- where the bass shines. and. Right. This guy is legit. I wish I could think of his name right now, but man, he is legit. They are such a tight section, and um, yeah, I mean, they put out a lot. They put out a lot of records, um, and a lot of people don't, like I said, just don't really know of them. I, I do know that. Uh, I don't. Do you ever listen to listen or watch the show, um, Dan Patrick show? I mean, just in passing, I'm not a devoted listener. Yeah, well, uh, Seton that's in his show, on his show, he's one of, uh, I guess, uh, kind of a producer of the show. I've seen him wear a Hot Water Music shirt, and he's actually said before they're his favorite band. So, you know, outside of me, I don't know how many people are out there just raving about these guys, but (laughs) it's a shame. They should be. Maybe they'll send you a royalty check, uh, (laughs) increase their sales. Man, Chuck, just talk to us. Come on our podcast and talk to us, and that's good enough for me. Right. Well, hopefully that'll happen. Well, um, we're going to change uh, change uh, speed here a little bit. I'm going with an album called Stripped. It's by the Rolling Stones. It was recorded in the late 90s at different stops in Europe where they played uh, smaller venues like theaters and clubs and bars. And uh, it really... It really lets a lot of these songs shine that uh, maybe don't get played a lot in the stadium, um, in the stadiums because they just don't translate well. And we we talked about that on the Rolling Stones episode. But if you read Keith Richards' uh, autobiography, he much prefers playing the acoustic guitar to the electric guitar. So 
they uh, they record a bunch of songs. And they actually, this album was released in the late 90s, but recently they released a box set. I think it's five or six CDs. It's all the concerts um, that they drew from to make this album. But they do Sweet Virginia, Let It Bleed, um, Wild Horses and Dead Flowers. I mean, those are songs that are just made for, you know, a bunch of guys sitting around drinking beer, playing uh, acoustic guitars. And uh, one of the standout tracks on it is they do a version of Like a Rolling Stone, which is really, really good. But if, if you really like the Stones, go get the box set. I'm thinking about getting it. But uh, this is one I listen to a lot. I have it on a lot of playlists for, you know, uh, maybe more chilled out, mellow, mellow times to listen to it. But uh, songs like Let It Bleed, Sweet Virginia, and, and, and Dead Flowers were just made for that environment, and it translates really, really well. All right, well, I know you said we're going to try to speed this up. I mean, I know we got a lot more to get through, so let's just, let's, um, let me knock out. I'll go quick on, on the, the net remaining ones, but mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with um next one I went with R.E.M., Unplugged, 1991-2001. This one's a little bit un- unconventional because it's not – and I know we said a lot of these albums aren't recorded in one session, but this obviously is spanning a decade. But it was pieced together, two discs, and it is really, I know it says 91 to 2001, but they're playing songs that were well before 91. You know, they're playing, you know, Following Me is on here, Cuyahoga. Great, great, great live album. And I just love hearing REM play Unplugged. I really struggled uh, about possibly picking a rem album and uh, if i was going to do one it was going to be the one live at the olympia um not a bad pick you know where they basically it was a really cool concept they played in front of um basically their fans and it was just rehearsal sessions and they played songs that i've never heard them play live uh mm-hmm. a lot of rare ones but yeah the unplugged that's an extensive uh that's an, i think it's a box set isn't it um well I mean, there may be an, another specialty edition. The one I have is a two-disc. Okay. Yeah, and you provided uh, Country Feedback for the playlist, which is one of their best songs. And that's a song kind of like the Stone songs we were talking about. That's a song that really translates well in that in that, in that that arena like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the I'm going to go start speeding up, too. Uh, this is one that um, Gage Patterson is going to be on our podcast again at some point and he and i are going to uh cover this album the next time chris is out of town uh the grateful dead europe 72 i'm not a huge grateful dead fan but i love this album um through and through a lot of people think it's the best time of their career and uh so i'm we're going to cover that at some point in the future so i'll shut up about that and uh let chris run through some more of his all right, let's go with you 2 Under a Blood Red Sky. Of course, the real winner of this album is 40, which is one of their best songs ever. But this is where I'm going to, th- first time I'm going to tell you, yes, it's a good album. If that's, if that's all you have access to for a live album, run with it. But if you can find, and I don't think it's going to be that hard to find. I mean, I've got a copy of it. But, I mean, if, if you have trouble getting a copy of this, reach out to us through the podcast. I can hook you up. But it's Mountains and Deserts. This is a double disc. And this I'll give you an example how cool it is. On this, they go from... They're, when they're playing... They, well, the 40, 40 is, of course, a highlight like it always is. When they play bad, it goes, they go from bad, you know, Sympathy for the Devil, Ruby Tuesday, back into bad. And it is insane. You know, it's, it's the better thing to have. But if you're going to buy something that's like an official release, 
under a blood red sky. Oh, 40, such a good song. Basically them reading, uh, singing Psalm 40 out of the Bible. Uh, really, really good. Chris, I'm going to go with a, one that's kind of, uh, uh, kind of out in left field, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go with Eric Clapton and Steve Winwood. They got together for a series of concerts in Madison Square Garden several years ago. And, you know, obviously they both of those guys alone are giants in the music world. But they uh, composed one half of the rock super group, Blind Faith. And so they do uh, traffic songs. They do Blind Faith songs. They do Derek and Domino's songs. Um, um, Eric Clapton songs. And they do some cover songs. And I picked uh, Well All Right from um, the Blind Faith album to be uh, issued on that. But two uh, powerhouse musicians getting together and playing and the musicianship is top notch. So um, if you if you like Clapton or Winwood, uh, those are for sure. That's an album you need to get. It's a double album. I've never heard of this, and I want to hear it because I love Blind Faith. I love 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 that album. It is. It, they and do, Steve Winwood is one of the best vocalists ever in they, rock. They do. Uh, Can't find my way home. Well, all right. In the presence of the Lord. Oh, what a tune! And. Uh, and then they do uh, Traffic's Dear Mr. Fantasy. Uh, they have a DVD of it that I have somewhere. But th- this thing, man, it's smoking from top to bottom. Um, cocaine and uh, Crossroads. Uh, you can just uh, imagine how good it is. But yeah, it's live at Madison Square Garden. I've got to check that out. Well, I'm going to go with Bruce Springsteen. Live 1975, 1985. This is four discs. And, you know, Springsteen is one of my, as David knows, he's one of my absolute favorite artists. We haven't really talked about him much on on this podcast. We we will at some point. But I love Bruce Springsteen. I think he's one of the most prolific songwriters. And the thing about him is, you know, we're talking about all these live albums and all, but Springsteen, more than anybody we're going to name, is known for his live show. And if you're even a moderate fan, and when I say mo- I'm saying the most moderate of moderate, saying, oh, I like Born in the USA. I like that. Now, I'm not talking about the album. I'm saying, I like that song. Even if you're that moderate, go see him live. Because you will walk away saying, I love Springsteen. And you'll <laughs> want to go rush and buy every one of his records. That's how good his show is live. And I could not, I cannot emphasize it any more, any stronger than that. He is the best show on the road. So, 75-85, it's a good retrospective. I put Thunder Road on there, which is just a piano version. But again, I'm going to give you a bootleg. This is going to be, uh, it's December 31st, 1980, at Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. It's on the River Tour. This show is just under four hours. So, this is a uh, a three-disc one, and um, it's fantastic. Again... Anybody listening to this, you're thinking, wow, man, how do I get with this? Get in touch with us if you need to. We can, we can help you out. But great, great, great live artist. And I think if you just want to hear live Springsteen, 75 to 85, well, that should quench your thirst because there's a lot of tunes on there. Yeah, I remember when that that was a, a big deal when it came out. And you, you know how you just have things that you have remembering in your head. Uh, when that album came out, they were talking about it on Good Morning America, and I was getting ready to go to school. And uh, 
for some reason it's strange that I always that I still remember that. Uh, weird. I'm gonna go with uh, Guns N' Roses live era, and uh, the reason I picked this is because it, we don't have a lot of live documentation of uh, the original band, and several of these tracks had all the original members, and then um, um, you know some of them are during the Matt Sorum and Gilby Clark era, but uh, the the ones that were recorded with Adler and Izzy Stradlin are just really good. And uh, Stradlin sings. Um, I can't. I can't remember if it's Dustin Bones or Fourteen Years. It's on the album, but uh, it's a. Uh, it's good, and it's good to hear um, all of those songs. And they do a cover of, I believe, the Black Sabbaths. It's all right on there. Um, I can't remember what I put on the Spotify playlist, but oh, I think I did Patience because it's an electric version of Patience, which sounds really cool. So. Anyway, not a whole lot of official stuff out from that band, uh, really, at all, if you think about it, how long they've been together, but really a live documentation of uh, when they were in their heyday. Yeah, absolutely. And I have that, and I do like that album. And another one they do electric was is, uh, God, what is it, Used to Love Her. Oh, it's awesome, yeah. That's a cool version. Um, I'm going to go with probably one of the more legendary live shows that there is, and that's uh, Bob Dylan. This was... Uh, the the album is called, it's the Bootleg Series, Volume 4, Bob Dylan Live, 1966. This was the uh, famous Royal Albert Hall concert. Um, this is the one where it's, uh, you know, the first is two, you got two discs here. The first one is is all acoustic. The second one's electric, and that's when he was basically being crucified for going electric. And um, <laughs> on this one, I believe it's at the, I believe it's right at the end, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of... Um, Ballad of a, of a Thin Man, somebody in the crowd, and you can hear it. If you buy this, you will hear it. Somebody yells, Judas. And Bob Dylan in that, you know, Bob Dylan voice, I don't believe you. <laughs> and um, and then he, classic, he, right before he's, you can tell he's irritated, he says, play it effing loud. And they go into like the Rolling Stone. <laughs> and um, it's just a cool documentation of that time frame where he was going acoustic to electric. And I actually picked a, like, an electric song off of this, Leopard, Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. So it's a cool, like I said, it's a very, very cool documentation with Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's one of the more uh, infamous concerts of all time. Uh, very uh, legendary. And uh, uh, I think for a long time, um, people thought it was kind of a myth until you know he started releasing all of these bootlegs and you could actually mm -hmm. hear it which is really really cool that is what's so cool is the fact that you can you really can hear it you wouldn't think you'd be able to but the fact you can hear it and hear it so clearly well because only on this podcast are you going to go from bob dylan to metallica we're going to do that <laughs> <laughs> i was you know i was actually wondering if you were going to put that are you going with s and m i guess no actually i'm going with, oh, okay uh, i'm going with through the never which was the uh they had a uh a concert film come out a couple of years ago and this is the accompanying soundtrack and i'll tell you why i picked it uh it has uh injustice for all on it and i i can't get over the fact that on that album injustice for all there's no bass and it's a hang-up i have and i probably everybody does i probably need to get over it but i can't get over it but it has injustice for all so you get to hear injustice for all played with with bass and then it has uh, like cyanide from Death Magnetic on it. And if you remember when uh, Death Magnetic came out, it was a lot of controversy because uh, I think they called it the loudness war. Uh, it just hurt your ears to listen to it. It was like everything was the same sound uh, on the same frequency, and it was just all really loud. 
when you listen to it, regardless of volume. If you've listened to it with headphones on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it had Cyanide on there, which is a song I really like off Death Magnetic. And like I said, you get the Injustice for All songs with it. And uh, I think it's a pretty cool uh, concert movie. But yeah, I could have gone with S&M um, because the originality uh, on that. And, I considered and, it because of that. Yeah, and, and it, it sounds good, but... Um, I went with uh, Through the Never basically for those reasons, but uh, it's a really good live album. Yeah, like I said, I considered S&M just because it was so original to do that. But um, anyway, well, let me go. I'm going to go with one that, I, unfortunately, you told me this is not on Spotify. I don't think it's even on iTunes. And I, honestly, I don't know if this was really even on a, well, it does say, I think it says, I'm trying to read this, I think it says Ram Records. I bought this at a show. Um Jack Ingram, who was a guy that played the college circuit when we were in school, and you know, he would play around Oxford, you know, country artist, but more singer songwriter. And I guess in the early two thousands, had a couple of hits on country radio. That's not what you're really getting out of this album. This album's called by Jack Ingram. It's called Acoustic Motel. I wish I could tell people where to find this, but this was, and it says it was recorded, and this is, this one is one of the ones where it is recorded straight from point A to point B. There is, there's no mixing and matching on this one. And this was recorded in Lubbock, Texas, February 14th, 2003. And if you've never seen Jack Ingram, the cool thing about him is Jack Ingram, kind of like Todd Snyder, these guys could have probably done stand-up if they wanted to. They're just hilarious. And the banner is almost as good as the songs. And... That's the way, and, and it's not just that he's funny. His storytelling is just fantastic in this. I mean, it really, really, really cool. Um, I remember one in particular where he's comparing, he's talking about the the, the last picture show with Jeff Bridges and Sybil Shepherd. Great storytelling, great, great music. The the actual concert that I saw was in a small club. He uh, his set had what looked like an old acoustic motel wall behind him. And he was sitting on a beat-up-looking twin bed. And it was just the coolest, coolest vibe. And it was it was all seating in this little little bitty of a club. And it was all, they had seats set up. It, it, was, it was a really cool storytelling unplugged show. And I wish it was easier for people to find because this is the best thing he's ever put out, in my opinion. Yeah, I searched high and low for it uh, to put it on the playlist so maybe you can find it on youtube i don't yeah. know speaking of youtube go uh have you ever seen him performing with shell crow it's on youtube i've seen him perform didn't they do a crossroads together well this is like just a concert and she's like hey everybody, oh. everybody welcome uh jack ingram he comes out i think he I haven't seen it because never mind. I'm thinking the crossroads when I think he did it with Miranda Lambert. Yeah, just go to YouTube and type in Jack Ingram and Sheryl Crow Live. It's really good. Um, you know, obviously. Yeah, he, he's a good artist. I mean, really, really good artist. Well, we're going to go from Jack Ingram to widespread panic again. I, I challenge. <laughs> That's the way this works. I challenge you to to beat that. Uh, Light Fuse Getaway is the first official released live album from uh, Widespread Panic. And uh, if you grew up when we did and went to college. Uh, it was hard not to be a widespread panic fan, and that's when I became uh, a fan of theirs. Uh, one of the reasons this thing is significant is, you know, watch panic is real big on um, audience taping, and so uh, everybody had the cassette tapes at that time that you could go and trade. And some of them, the audio quality was pretty good, but for the most part, it lacked a lot to be desired. So this is their first official live album that uh, that they put out, 
And so, you know, if, if you're a fan of them, you obviously know they're from Athens, Georgia. So they decide to have a record release party that's free, and they played in downtown Athens. And it's still today the largest record release party in the world, in Guinness Book of World Records. And I think it was like somewhere close between eighty and 100,000 people uh, showed up to hear them play. Um I know Chris doesn't like them, and uh, I, I know they're... No, that's not... No, I, I, I like them okay. I know I used to like them when I was younger. Just, again, that's kind of what you were supposed to do. But I don't know. You know what I think is kind of bought, what's got me more than anything? I think all the posers has made me, like, not want to like them. Uh, and that's... You know? That's under, that's understandable. It, it's, made me, it's made me want to hate them. Even if I think their music's good, I want to hate them. Whereas the fact that... Forever it took it took me forever to get into the Beatles, which by the way I love 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 the Beatles. But it took me forever to get into them, but I felt like also I was missing out, right. and I wanted to like them. Right. Well, I see all the people that like widespread, and it's like I want to hate them. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> you know, I haven't. I, I've seen them several times, and it's probably I have been, to. it's probably been about a fifteen year gap in between uh, the last time I saw them. And I saw them here in Jackson last year, and. I went and I was like, man, either I'm really getting old or, um, I mean, the music was fine, but yeah, the, the, yeah, the crowd, it's uh, the biggest poser crowd you'll ever see. Right. Bunch of trust fund hippies. But, uh, yeah. anyway, it's a really good album has, uh, they're, they're great musicians. And, uh, like I said, so, uh, check it out. Now, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and let you segue into something that I never <laughs> thought I'd ever say. Chris, could you tell us about your favorite live jam band album? <laughs> this is a non. This is the non poser jam band, and I think you'll you'll agree with that. I think most of these guys are legit that are into Fish, and Fish is one of those bands. I've told you, we've talked about this, and you know, ad nauseum. I'm not that big into jam bands, but Fish is just that musicianship. It's I just think it's pretty cool. You know, I don't listen to them a lot. But I remember I got this in high school. It's Fish. I mean, you're talking about that was their widespread's first official. You know, this was before bootlegging became really that big. So this may be Fish's first official. I don't know. But it's called A Live One. Double disc. There's only 12 tracks on it. A lot of really, really long songs. And um, I know I completely threw you for a curve on that because you never thought I'd list a jam band. And if you, and if I did, you probably thought it'd be something like the Almonds or maybe Widespread, something like that. Yeah, not, I go with the... Not, not Fish, man. I, I, I sent Chris I a text. I go with the hippiest of hippies. I sent Chris a text back and said, I don't know you anymore. Um, it's just a good record, man. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, they're talented, talented, talented guys. And I think even though... If you go to see them live, you're going to see all these hippies everywhere. And I'm not trying to judge anybody, but at least they're real. You know? (laughs) They're real. Whereas you go to a widespread show, again, it's like, again, the Beatles, I wanted to love them because I felt (laughs) I was missing out. Panic, I go to the show, it's like, damn, I hate these guys. (laughs) We will will not be doing hashtag widespread panic when we post this online. Well, we're not talking about the music. Right. We're talking about the fans. The music, I think, is just fine. Right. I mean, I'm really not. I'm not bashing the music. I, I think they're talented, talented musicians, and I think I'd probably have a lot easier time with them if it were not for that fan base. They know their fan base is posers. Oh, right. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, they, they can look into the crowd, and they can tell that. <laughs> you honestly think they can't? All right. So I've got to tell this story real quick, Chris. So uh, obviously uh, – 
at, at widespread panic concerts, uh, different chemicals are ingested that, uh, that cause people to do different things. So <laughs> at this last show that I went to, I was probably 30, 40 rows up and there was a girl dancing on the front row and I've never seen a dance like this. Now, if you know, if you've been to a widespread panic concert, you know, people just, I call it the widespread shuffle or whatever, you know, people do. Well, this girl was doing something totally unique. And I was like, I've got to figure out what it is she's doing because it, it has a purpose. This girl was taking one hand, grabbing something and putting it on a fake table, grabbing something else and putting it on the fake table. And basically she was putting a salt and pepper shaker and then she was getting the plate and putting the knife in the fork and then she was clearing the table and then going back and doing it over again she did that for an I can, hour i can totally envision this she i really did, can i can she, see it right now she did that for an hour and a half straight she set that table and she cleared it and man she set it again and it was always salt pepper plate knife fork clear it <laughs> So I think we're telling anybody that's never been to a widespread show, I think we're making them think, well, man, I shouldn't go see widespread. <laughs> but let me just say, they are a good band. And again, not that I think anybody from widespread is going to be listening to this right now, but this is not about them. It's about the crowd. And I really believe they probably go backstage <laughs> like, man, can you believe all those posers out there? <laughs> Oh, uh, well, yeah, Fish, uh, the Fish album, I actually, I have that, uh, Bounce Around the Room is really good, uh, Chalk Dust Torture, uh, You Enjoy Myself, those are all, uh, those are all good I songs. love You Enjoy Myself, but I wanted to go with one that wasn't, like, 15 minutes long. Right. And so I went, that's why I went with Wilson. Um, yeah, because most of the songs on here are, like, t- uh, you know, give or take 10 minutes. Well, I'm going to cr- go back to, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time that we actually haven't talked about in a long time. Uh, Oasis, Familiar to Millions. This was recorded in Wembley Stadium in London, which, you know, if you're from England, Wembley Stadium is kind of like the equivalent of our Madison Square Garden. It it was was the place to play. And this was when they were, I think, wrapping up the uh, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants tour, which was uh, their fourth album. And at that point, they were, I mean, in America, they were big, but the rest of the world, they were top five uh, at that time. And there's like sixty or seventy thousand people there, and uh, it is it is an amazing record. Uh, we talk about cigarettes and alcohol a lot on this song. I'm on this show that the song we don't smoke, but uh, um, they uh, kind of do like a whole lot of love tease at the end of it. But anyway, they play all the hits and in some of their B sides, which are, are pretty famous, like uh, "Step Out" and um, "Gosh," uh, "Acquiesce." But anyway, the video is really, really good, but the album is very, very strong. If you like Oasis, go get it. When's the show recorded? Like time frame. You don't have to give me exact time. What what time frame? That would have been ninety late ninety nine or two thousand. Okay. So I mean they'd already had been through all the monster success. Oh yeah, they were just yeah, they were just huge. Okay. Next I'm gonna go with one of my favorite, favorite artists, um, Butch Walker. It's uh, he it's, he did a live album called Leaving the Game on Lucky Street, and Lucky is L U C K I E. And if you're wondering by any chance you're wondering where does that name come from, well, the um, the Tabernacle, which is an old church, is now a con- it's now a music venue in Atlanta. It's on Lucky Street, so that's where the title comes from. Leaving the Game on Lucky Street. Butch is from Atlanta, and uh, it's a double album as well. And 
it's just really, really cool. I will tell you, the song that I told David to put on on the uh, Spotify is it's Alicia Amnesia. Good chance if you're listening to this, you never heard the studio. But I will tell you, this is one where he really, really changes it up. Great, great, great crowd participation where he's getting them included. And it's just a cool, cool, fun, fun performance. Um, again, Butch Walker, leaving the game on Lucky Street. And maybe someday we'll have to do something on just Butch because this guy is, you know, just an absolute genius. That term gets thrown around so much with music. And I often don't like it when people say that, but I'm going to say it about Butch Walker genius yeah just go to wikipedia and look at who all he's worked with um well chris i've got four left and i'm just gonna i'm gonna knock them out real quick just a few words on each one aerosmith a little south of sanity i picked it over live bootleg which is their most famous one uh simply because it does have some of the songs from permanent vacation and pump i really like those albums the almond brothers band play live play all night live at the beacon theater 1992 uh, of course, you know, Live at the Fillmore is considered, you know, one of the Holy Grail live albums of all time. Um, this one's longer, has more songs, has a song on it called Seven Turns that I really like, so that's why I picked it. And then I'm going to go with Pearl Jam Live at the Gorge. It's really a box set of live uh, performances at the Gorge in uh, the state of Washington. I think it's six or seven disc. Really good. Some of it's acoustic, good covers on it. Even if you're not a Pearl Jam fan, check it out. He does Tom Petty, I Want Back Down. Uh, Eddie Vedder does him and the guitar and the uh, crowd sing. Really, really good. And then speaking of Tom Petty, my last one is Tom Petty Live Anthology. Uh, numerous CDs. It's a kind of a box set. And it's live performances taken over his entire career. It is at times heavy on the uh, deep tracks. So uh, not necessarily all of the big hits are on there but one of the best live bands of all time, and that's a great document uh, of their whole career. And I, I think that's all I got. All right, well, let me just go. I'm going kind of in the vein of Jack Ingram. I'm going to go with another guy that was big on that college circuit. We were there, Pat Green. Yeah, live from Billy, live at Billy Bob's, Texas. There's been a lot of live at Billy Bob's, Texas series, and this one is actually probably one of my favorite live albums. It really is. It's um, This is one, you go, you're cooking out, you crank it and drink a whole lot of beer. Um, it's a feel-good record. You should be out. I mean, put it on tomorrow. It's you know, it's Labor Day. Put on Pat Green, live at Billy Bob's. Great live record. And then I'm going to go with uh, another super, super iconic Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. You know, I think if we don't include this, we have an incomplete list. Um, there's not much that can be said. I will say, look up. You can probably find it on YouTube. I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon or whatever, but there's been a documentary that's about Johnny Cash playing at Folsom Prison. Watch it. It's incredible. Um, it's, I mean, just the fact that the guy's going and playing at a prison. It's super, super, super cool. I know I told you put Cocaine Blues up, but so many great ones from that. I mean, one of the most iconic live records. Next, I'm going to go with one of the other most iconic records. I've probably halfway bashed this band before on our podcast, but I don't know, at least in rock, if there's a more important live record than Kiss Alive. Um, I just think that that, that kind of, I mean, that's it. Well, actually, it's the album that broke them. And I don't think live albums are really a big thing before they did that. So, it again, it's kind of with Johnny Cash, if we don't mention this, we've got an incomplete list. I'm going to throw a random, really, really random out there. 
It's a band called Racer X. Had Paul Gilbert of Mr. Big on guitar, Bruce Boulay of on guitar, and John Altaretti on bass, both of which were in the band The Scream, who we've talked about before. Uh, Scott Travis, who's the drummer for, for Judas Priest, or at least was a drummer for Judas Priest. It's a metal record. It's live. The vocals are, I think the guy's name's uh, it's Jeff Martin. It's not the greatest. It's kind of Priest-like, but it's just the playing is out of this world. A lot of guitar solos, a lot of bass solos, and I believe he even got drum solos. It's just, this is a masterpiece of musicianship. That's why I put it on there. And David, I saved the best for last. I'm going to go with your arch nemesis. Hmm. Nirvana. Hmm. <laughs> Unplugged in New York. Um, you included Allison Chains. I've got to include this one. I think this album is just absolutely beautiful. I really do. And it's funny how I keep mentioning Nirvana. It sounds like I'm like an obsessed fan with Nirvana, and I'm really not. I just appreciate how great they were at what they did. And this one, yeah, the hits are good on it. The, the song, I mean, great version of, of Dumb on here. Yeah, About a Girl was great. But what really, really, all apologies, another great one. But what really gets me are the a couple of covers they do. Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam, which is a, uh, it's a band called uh, The Vaselines. And I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, it's actually slipping my mind where they're from. I want to say something like Sweden or Norway. Some One of the Scandinavian countries is where they're from. And Kurt Cobain was super into them. And then the last track is just, I mean, it, it's insane. I, I, this is one of my favorite things they ever did. They're doing the old um, Lead Belly song, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? And I love this record. I know they destroyed everything you loved in music, David, but <laughs> man, what a great, great record. I mean, it's kind of like what you're talking about with Lane Staley. This was the end of Kurt Cobain. No, you're right. Yeah. It, it, it actually, all joking aside, it's a good album. Uh, the David Bowie cover on there, it's worth, it's worth, uh, that's worth buying the album. Um, we got a lot of good comments last week about our Nirvana debate. That's why I wanted to save it for last. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually uh, um, I actually pulled up a – I mean, I have the Nirvana CDs. Uh, I actually pulled one up this afternoon, and I was like, all right, now that I've come clean with my <laughs> real dislike of them, got to try to give them a try. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great – that's a very well thought of uh, unplugged performance. Probably I would say it and uh, Clapton's are probably the, the main two that – or you know, fifty years from now, people are going to still be talking about. Yeah, no doubt, and that's one you know I didn't even think of, but that's one we easily could have put in was Clapton's MTV performance. And I, I've told you before, like we said earlier in this, I think just the acoustic performances are just there's something special about them. When a band that plays it to, on you know on ten at all times just strips it down, and I think it, I mean with Nirvana's, it's just almost haunting that album. It really is. It's it's just it's. It's so different, and just knowing when you watch that, knowing that Kurt Cobain was right at the end, because I don't remember the time frame, but I know it wasn't long. No, it wasn't before he before he before he passed, and knowing what his mental state must have been doing that, um, it was really the first time I ever saw Pat Smear too, which has the greatest 
you know, name in all of music. Right. Um, first time I ever saw him play it, you know, playing that red, white, and blue guitar. So, uh, here's to you, Pat Smear. But anyway, I, uh, I love that record and that's what I got. You know, Chris, uh, so we've, as we wrap this up, I'm sitting here thinking, what did we leave off? Some of the heavy hitters. I know people are going to say the who live at Leeds. Um, we didn't do Frampton comes alive. Uh, that was one of the, biggest live I just don't album. like Peter Frampton no I don't either I'm just saying I, I was just trying to go through my head thinking of uh ones I know that uh that we missed I know if uh if one of us hadn't included um Kiss Alive Sonny Pooney would quit subscribing to our podcast like um, I said it has to be included because if, if for no other reason just an, I have an appreciation for for what it means to rock and don't get me wrong there's some songs on there I really love I mean I put on there come on come on and love me and yeah, I know you told me Sonny's an '80s fan of Kiss, but man, come on and love me. Oh, I what love a great tune. I love "She" off of there. Um, yeah, well, that actually, I I think I, if you put a gun to my head, I probably would prefer prefer um, "Alive 2 over "Alive One." But I mean, "Alive One," you're right, set the standard. But uh, "Alive 3 is actually really good with uh, Bruce Kulick on the uh, Revenge tour. Um, I like that one. I could have included that one. Well, Chris. Um, Hey, one other yeah. one too that I think we we uh, we left out is uh, kind of one of those you know lesser known bands like how Thin Lizzy is UFO Strangers in the Night. Oh, our, our hopefully our pal Eddie Trunk is listening. Uh, that's his favorite album of all time. And actually, uh, I, I I will tell you if you get Strangers in the Night, go listen to Love to Love. And that, it's not a bad record, but I'm just not a, a huge fan of theirs. But but right. it, it deserves a mention on here, so we did at least give it a mention. Right, the, great, know, it, the great Michael Schenker uh, playing with them. Chris gonna wrap it up um, this week. Um, it was it was fun. I had a good time. I do want to ask people to go to Twitter and follow us at Digital Killed and subscribe to us either on iTunes or. Um, Apple Podcast or uh, SoundCloud, so that you can uh, just go ahead and be subscribed to our podcast and get it whenever we release it. And uh, I know I harp on this, but um, if you could, please go to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. We uh, uh, the format of our podcast may be changing a little bit in the future. Uh, we're to the point now to where we're lining up guests, and we're lining up guests that uh, that you've heard of, and. Uh, it really helps us with our profile the more ratings and reviews that we have with the algorithm that iTunes uses. So, uh, for instance, uh, The Decibel Geek is uh, Chris Sinzak's podcast. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen to that podcast listen to this. Well, if we have more ratings and reviews, we can start getting linked up with them when people go to search. So the, we'll, we'll pop up under Related, and it'll, it'll increase our listenership and increase uh, you know, our chances of, of having a guest, but, uh, we have our first guest in a couple of weeks and, uh, we're not going to announce that because, uh, that would probably bring us bad luck, but it's, uh, it's going to be a very fun interview that Chris and I are very much looking forward to. And, uh, we think it's going to lead to, uh, to better things. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, this person, just if I can just jump in this person, we don't say who it is. We're gonna, we don't say anything about the, the band, but this was, a. This was a band that, yeah, they didn't reach like multi-platinum status, but they had a big name out there, and they were signed to a very, I mean, one of the biggest of labels on MTV. Yeah, a little bit of history with them being on MTV. Um, their manager, so yeah, yeah, the, the the guy that produced legendary, it. yeah, leg, legendary A and R guy. Yeah, so we'll legendary. Leave. Sign sign some of the best bands 
out there, some bands you love. Yeah. So we're excited about it. So, yeah, we're going to have that person on in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we will be back next week. I hope everybody has a good, safe uh, Labor Day weekend and uh, enjoy the football. It's football season. Have a good one, everyone.